Hello and welcome to the Choosing Happy podcast. I'm Heather Masters and this is the 50th episode. So I am celebrating and wanted to thank all my listeners and subscribers for supporting me on my journey so far. And in this week's episode, I had the greatest pleasure of interviewing Libby Langley. She's a business coach and she's been a business coach since 2011. And she shares so much wisdom on this episode. So if you're a startup, a solo entrepreneur, or you want to find out more about business and the tips for success, then stay tuned for this week's Choosing Happy podcast. Hello and welcome to the Choosing Happy podcast. Today, I'm really excited to interview Libby Langley. She's a no BS business coach and she's been a coach since 2011 and has guided over 6,000 entrepreneurs to success. She champions efficiency and profit while embracing joy in business. Libby is also an author of a book called Life in Business. And it's about easy ways to work less, earn more, and embrace true happiness. Welcome, Libby. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Could you begin by telling us a little bit more about yourself and then how you started your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, sure. I mean, like you said, I've been in business for 12 years as of the 1st of December 2023. So, um, Thinking back to how it all kind of started, I worked in education, I worked in the public sector, and I was running and writing and running an assortment of social media workshops because I worked in the commercial sector as commercial development manager for an FE college. And I really kind of enjoyed doing that, but working where I worked was not great in the end. <laughs> Anyone who's ever worked in the public sector will understand. And so I left and just kind of started up on my own, um, initially running social media workshops, which I've already been doing for a couple of years. And it grew from there, really. The thing that I've always liked and I like still to this day is helping business owners see things differently and see things in a more simple way, whether that's their social media marketing, which I don't focus anymore, but it's always kind of part of conversations because social media is a huge part of you know the business mix marketing mix yeah. but through to business structure to their profitability I love the numbers I get very excited about the numbers and just helping people kind of live the life that they want that's what really matters to me so you said you help them um, see a different perspective how do you go about doing that a lot of what I do really is conversational stuff to be honest because I they'll come to me with an issue or what's been bothering them that week depending on how often we we talk as um, client and coach and I'll talk it through with them and often they have the answers themselves it's just about reframing it so we often do we all often know what the answer is we just need to talk things through we need to share the ideas we need to have the confidence to make the decisions that we want to make and one thing that I say almost daily to my clients is what would a business owner do and it's it's quite an interesting kind of question to ask them because so many people 
they have businesses, right? But they don't necessarily think of themselves as a business owner um, in the in the kind of approach to stuff. They're doing the do. And it's like, well, what dis- what decision would a business owner make? Oh, yeah, there you go. Now you're thinking like a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, working in the business rather than on it sometimes. Sure. So um, tell me a little bit about your book. I was just looking at that before we came on, and that looks quite fascinating. Can you explain how you got to writing the book, what led you to write it, and what's it about? I wrote the book in t- towards the end of 2020, and it came out in February 2023. And honestly, I'd always, I've always had a book in me. I know that. I started writing a novel when I was about 11 or something. I don't know. Never finished it. But um, And for the last at least 10 years, people have been telling me that I should write a book because the circles, I suppose the business circles that I've always moved in, the entrepreneurial circles, people write books. They write books about their area of expertise and that's sort of the norm, which I know it isn't in the business world as a whole, but I've been quite fortunate to be part of some really cool entrepreneurial groups. Um, and so I didn't write one for many, many, for about a decade. And I think finally I just got to the place where I was so comfortable in myself and comfortable in what I knew I could help people with. And that enabled me to you know, write a book and not, it didn't take, having written content for so long, I didn't find it particularly difficult to write the book, but I know what a, I know what a huge difference it makes to people. And it's, the fact that I've been in business so long and I've got so many, so much experience and I've helped so many people that has enabled me to create something relatively easy on my part, but you know, potentially life-changing on, on others. So yeah, it's called Life in Business, Easy Ways to Work Less, Earn More and Embrace True Happiness. And that's the kind of key. And I guess that's kind of part of why we're, we're together here today, because happiness is everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you've coached over 6,000 entrepreneurs. Is mm-hmm. there a specific niche you work with or are you um, working generally with, with solo entrepreneurs? Is there? Yeah, it is, it is more so. Um, I don't define myself by a particular sector because I've worked with all sorts of sectors over the years, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. And there is, I, I don't do particularly much work with product-based businesses. It's service-based businesses. And they tend to be either solopreneurs or very small businesses. And for me, I really like that niche because you're directly working with the decision owner. You're able to make a real difference. They're able to make the changes. You know, I've done my stint with corporate um, organisations, done a lot of training with corporates over the years. And it's not something that I enjoy as much because you're almost part of a tick box exercise. And I don't want to be part of a tick box exercise. I want to really make a difference to people. So that's my preferred preferred niche and I work predominantly with women but not exclusively right right yeah the corporate's interesting I've I've trained in corporate myself so I know exactly what you mean Mm. um I've forgotten my question now right um thinking back to what you said about your book and the themes within your book how did you come Mm. to to land on those themes how have they come out of of your work they've really been born out of my business journey i think actually because when i first started the business i mean i i did my stint at 14 hour days you know i worked incredibly 
hard a, a lot. Um, I said yes to a lot of opportunities and kind of learnt what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do along the way. And I built, I had an office, I had staff, I built business as an agency, really, with me doing consulting and coaching kind of as a periphery, as opposed to the business. Um, and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. I built a job for myself, um, which so many people in business do. And in 2015, I made all my staff redundant and yeah, I gave up the office and went back home. And it was a horrible decision to have to do, but it was absolutely the right decision for me. And the book's kind of born out of the fact that you can do what the heck you want in your business. There's no, well, you should build a million pound empire. You should have staff. You should have an office. None of that matters. And when I first started, it kind of felt very much like that was the path you, need to, you needed to take, simply because I didn't know any better. You know, I'd not been in, not really been in business before. So the book is born out of a real passion for giving people their own free, their freedom and confidence to make their own decisions. And however weird and wacky they might seem, if it's right for you, it's right for you. Could you go a little bit deeper into some of the, the things you cover within the book around that? Uh, for yeah. instance, you know, I completely resonate with the fact that um, most entrepreneurs I know when they first start out, they leave corporate, they do recreate a job for themselves mm -hmm. because that's the mode of, that's their mental mode. It takes a bit of a mental shift, if you like. Um, could you explain how you help with that? Yeah, I mean, every client that I work with is is different, so it depends what their goals and their ambitions are as to how we kind of shape shape the scope of us working together. But within the book, I share a lot of my own stories about boundaries and the boundaries that you can put in place and why you should put boundaries in place, about setting your own goals and targets. I mean, certainly in the online world, you know, 10K months is like everything, and it just... it. it it doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of an arbitrary number. So if you, if you want to earn that amount of money, okay, how much is it going to cost you to earn that much money? And do you want that much money? Is Or is that too much? Is that enough? Um, it's just, it's kind of just something that's bandied about. And I, I feel quite strongly about stuff like that. And like the whole, you know, you got to be, got to get up at 5am to be successful. No, you haven't. For every person who's successful who gets up at 5am, there's the same number of people who get up at 10am and are successful. So it's, I, it, I really kind of like to debunk some of these myths and some of these things that are fact in the business world because they're just, they're just nonsense. The only thing that actually matters is that you know what your numbers are, you know how much stuff is costing you, you know how much profit you're making, you know what you're charging is going to make your business profitable. And that's that's the foundation for how you grow any business yeah yeah completely agree it took me ages to recognize that if i want to start at half 10 in the morning i can start at half 10 in the morning yeah for sure yeah i, I mean most of my calls are in the evening anyway so it, it's really interesting though how i've had the mind chatter of oh i, I still should be starting at 9 a.m mm. it's, it's interesting mm. yeah and the happiness part. Can you talk a bit about your your take on happiness and how we get there? Yeah, happiness is the entire point of having a business because you could sometimes get paid more in a job 
and you get the pension contributions, you get the um, uh, get the paid leave, you get the sick pay, all this stuff, right? You can have a bad day and you still get paid for it. You know, having a business is not the easy option. There's limitless possibility. Um, but if it's not making you happy, then absolutely it's not right. And you can change what you're doing to suit you. And, it, and you know, that goes with what time you get up and what time you start work right through to the people you work with, the way you set up your day, how much you do yourself, how much you outsource, how, whether you want to go and work on a beach in Bali or whether you like sitting at your desk. It, you know, all of it is just kind of choices that you can, and decisions that you can make for yourself. But there's, a, there's almost a fear around that because it's not a traditional structure you know of of how a business is run you get in early and you work hard all day and then you go home late and maybe get to put the kids to bed if you're lucky that's kind of what we're what's ingrained in us in this in this country well in the western world largely i think but certainly in this in the uk and it that's that there's no point in having a business if that's what you're if that's what you're going to do i just and whatever makes you happy is what makes you happy. <laughs> That's got to be kind of the centre of what you're doing. And I say to my clients, um, with every service that they offer, when we go through their pricing and look at, you know, look at profitability and all this stuff, they, and do you enjoy doing it? Does it make you happy? And if there's hesitation or the answer's no, it's like, right, well, don't do that anymore. Just don't do it anymore. But it's really profitable. Yeah, but it doesn't make you happy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that um, I look at with my clients right at the beginning is, um, is it something that they're passionate about? Because they're mm. going to need that passion and motivation to keep them going. So, you know, it's not a, I think there's, especially online entrepreneurs, there's this myth that you're going to make a million in six months. And that's just not, well, you know, some people might, but it's. It's unlikely. Unusual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's a, it's a marathon rather than a sprint. So. For sure, so, yeah. So loving what you do and, and finding joy in it becomes so much important in terms of keeping you going. Is that what you find? Yeah, I agree completely. If you're not if you're not happy, it's going to be a really hard slog. And sometimes being in business is is hard work anyway. But if you you can have challenging times, like most people will have in business, you'd be extremely lucky if you don't have challenging times along the way. Um. You know, if you have challenging times, but ultimately you really like what you're doing, it's just a blip and you can get through it and you can get over it. But if it's challenging time after challenging time after challenging time when you're not really, that, you're not that passionate and you don't, it doesn't light you up anyway. Oh my God, that's hard work. That's no way. That's just kind of no way to live at all. Do you find um, there are many entrepreneurs that you work with who aren't really clear on what it is they do love? <laughs> yeah. I think so. And I certainly think that I've been through this myself as well. You know, it's um, from my experience, I, I've known that I've always really liked helping people to ha live better lives. And I've always liked diving into the nuts and bolts of, un of businesses. You know, I love unpicking those numbers and talking about profitability and pricing and all this stuff. I really enjoy all of that. The fundamentals of business really enjoy that. But it's like the delivery vehicle of it. So is it group coaching? Is it online? Is it in person? Is it one-to-one? -one? Is, it, is it a membership? Is it a program? Is it, a, you know, they're all kind of all those things. And for me, the thing that's 
stopped me kind of enjoying stuff along the way is is that is the delivery vehicle so you you can love what you do but you're doing it in the wrong way for you and that's all part of finding your finding your own happiness in business so is your delivery vehicle one-to-one or, or do you do group coaching as well I don't do group anymore no it's all one-to-one now because I like I kind of like the the intensity of it I like being able to really understand someone's business and, and understand them and then gear my support, my guidance, my coaching around that. Whereas I've done lots of group programs over the years. You know, I've been doing them since 2012, I think my first one was. So, but for me, there's a level, it's a step removed. And I find that a bit frustrating and a bit distant. And that leads to me getting bored and dissatisfied and all of this. So yeah, so I don't do group programs anymore. Currently, always reserve the right to change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just thinking about the structure of your business, could you just explain, um, do do you use outsourcing? Do you have a VA? What type of uh, structure do you have in your business at the moment? What kind of model do you use? Yeah, I do have a VA. I've had an assortment of people over the years really working in the business. Um, I mean, obviously, I used to have staff. So there were five of us at one point. So we all, everybody had kind of assigned roles within within the business. And then I was on my own for, for quite a long time. And now I have, a, I have a VA who does some specific things for me that I could do, but ain't never going to do. In <laughs> particular, video editing and, you know, stuff that I just, I'm never going to get around to doing. And my time is better spent doing other stuff. And um, some research for me, she does too. And I have a podcast editor. So I don't edit my own. I have a weekly podcast and I don't edit my own podcast because, again, I could, but I don't want to. And it makes, it makes, um, it ensures that these things happen, right? So, and when I wrote my book, I had a book coach um, who did all the, design and the typesetting and also set everything up on Amazon because she knew what she was doing and I didn't. So I'm I'm quite willing to pay people to do stuff either that I don't want to do, can't be bothered to do, or don't know how to do, you know. And I it's quite it's quite difficult for me to do that sometimes because I love learning and I will learn about anything and I'll become quite adept in it quite quickly. That's kind of the way my brain works. But I take my own advice and if it's not actually something that is income generating or something that's kind of worth me as as the CEO right of my business doing then somebody else can do it yeah and Um, probably better yeah just just on that um role of the CEO it's very easy as a solo entrepreneur not to think of yourself as that isn't it and that can be a huge disadvantage and cause you to take things personally um is that a a rising problem with your coaching clients? I don't think it's a rising problem. No, I think it is. It's a mindset problem that's kind of always been there. And funnily enough, I had a client call earlier today and we were talking a bit about mindset. And I said to her that one, what I thought was that she thinks of herself as, you know, she works from home as most of us do, right? Runs her business, hugely successful business, runs her business from home. And she she's um she has ADHD and so you know like those of us with neurodiversity we our brains are sometimes all over the place and because she she just kind of thinks well I blimey I run this business just 
flitting from one thing to another and being a bit kind of chaotic sometimes. And I said, yeah, but that's your perception of yourself. What you're actually doing is running this incredibly successful business, signing up lots of new clients, making, you know, making money with big plans. And you're doing it whilst struggling sometimes with everyday life because of your ADHD. And it's like, it makes you even better. Yeah. <laughs> Almost looking through, through the kind of adversity of stuff. And, and, and I, so I think that there is, that's a kind of quite common theme especially now more and more, it's more normal to just work from home. You know, when I first started, people often did have offices, even if it was just an office for one, you had an office. So now you're working from home and, you know, you're in your slippers and you're putting the washing machine on and your husband's working in the room next door. And and so it's sometimes people, I do think that people think smaller than they actually are because it's more casual than it used to be. But it's, it doesn't make any difference. The, the, The pandemic's proven to us that it's what's in people's brains that counts rather than whether they wear a shirt and tie in an office. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, in terms of your podcast, can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast that you mentioned? Uh, what's it about and what, what's the format? How, how did it go? So a podcast is called Life in Business. Same title as the book because I believe in simplicity. <laughs> Um, that was launched in December 2022. Um, it's a weekly podcast. Each episode is just under 30 minutes long. And it's me. It's me giving um, support guidance advice, um, discussing kind of things, things in business and giving my take on it. And it's all about, it's all for small business owners. And it's all about not following the 24-7 hustle culture and doing things in a simpler and easier way. And I really like it. I get really good feedback from people about it. And I really, I really enjoy doing it because I know that it helps people and it helps people who wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to work with me. So it kind of ticks two boxes for me. And obviously it's a, it's a marketing thing for me, right? But it, it also does provide huge amounts of value for people. And I, I like being able to do that. So what are the types of uh, content that you cover? In the podcast? Yes. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Um, I talk a lot about numbers. I talk about ways to work out profitability. I talk about experiences I've had over the years and how what everybody can learn from that. I talk about um, situations that we've all been in and what business lessons we can have from that. Like I went to Disneyland Paris, for example, in September 2023. And um, yeah, some business lessons from that kind of things I observed and things we can pick up. I've done episodes about my favorite business books and why they're useful. So it's talked about imposter syndrome. Um, It's the whole kind of gambit of it's a real toolbox for people who are in business. And how do you keep creating the content how do you come up with the ideas oh i could talk for four days solid every week about business and never run out of ideas it i don't know it's it's like a it's a special interest of mine business and so there's always stuff to to say and to do i mean i can just look about my kind of my surroundings now and i could create an episode about post-it notes or Biros or something, you know. I mean, it just my. I'm. I feel. I feel quite fortunate that my brain is able to 
to kind of be this sort of Rolodex of information that, yeah, it's really easy. It's really easy for me to to come up with useful stuff. And part of that is the fact that I've spoken on stage and guested on podcasts for so many years. So you have to learn to be resourceful. Partly it's because I've worked with so many people, you know, nearly six and a half thousand now. So I've got so many stories about <laughs> clients and what they've learned and what I've helped them do and what their experience was. And plus my own experience, you know, 12 years in business gives you quite a lot of things that you can you can share and you can and you can talk about and, and make not just about, oh, here's this thing I did, but here's this thing I did and this is what we can all learn from it. Right, right. So what are the, if you had to choose three of the most common mistakes that startup entrepreneurs make, what would they be? Oh, good question. So the first one and the biggest one, particularly amongst women, is not charging enough. There is a real problem with women in business about not not just not charging appropriately for their services and I think really that's born out of the fact that women are caregivers kind of by societal expectation um, as much as anything so you know you have the children you bring up the children you do the school run you do blah 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 blah, blah. oh and then you also run a business but the kind of over delivering and almost the guilt of wanting someone to give you money for something that they absolutely absolutely should give you money for is it, it's a real problem that's kind of the biggest um the biggest issue certainly that i've found continually over the years it's not it's just not generally speaking the same for for men and i that's a generalization of course but um yeah it is it is a real a real issue i find that's 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 a huge one in itself yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah i can relate to that and number two? What was it? It was in problem. <laughs> Memory like a goldfish. It's okay. The biggest mistakes uh, startups make. Biggest mistakes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny word. I'm kind of not really comfortable with mistakes, I suppose, because they're all sort of learning experiences. And that's, but but certainly misguided decisions, perhaps. Um, so the biggest one is not charging enough and the second one would be not, these are not in the right order, I don't think now, actually, I've started to say it. But anyway, the second one would be not having proper boundaries. So it's the same kind of thing as the not charging enough, it's the people-pleasing element. Um, but responding to messages in the middle of the night and allowing clients to kind of dictate terms and not being strict enough on those that that's an issue and again mm. it's an issue really that I've come across in in the women that I've that I've worked with but it's 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 relatively straightforward to fix you know once you once you set a boundary and you say to someone I'm sorry I'm not available on Tuesday then you do it on Wednesday and it turns out it was all fine it's like the fear in yourself of, of setting the boundary mm. and then and then the third one, which is probably actually the first one, is um, not having a clear vision of what you actually want and what you actually want to achieve with your business and how you want your business to look and how you want your life to look. It's just, you know, I was a, oh, I don't know, say, I, you know, you were, you were a yoga teacher at, a, at a studios, at a gym, and then you become a self-employed yoga teacher and you just, like you said before, you just build the business like the business that you left. But is that really how you want to do it? That's yeah. Yeah, I was um, watching a podcast last week and it was quite fascinating on the journey from where you start out 
and you have a vision, but you don't yet see that it's possible. So you mm. say you go in and actually recreate what you think is possible rather than yeah. know, taking steps that open up possibilities and probabilities. So that was quite Yeah, you got you gotta take you gotta take a few gambles, a few risks mm. in business, absolutely. And you've got to make mistakes <laughs> because you you're not just you're just not not going to make mistakes and i think you've got to everything you do you've got to say is this going to help me get to where i want to be and where you know you might have this ridiculously big goal mm. like you said a million pounds in 6 months you know it's just it's it's really it's like 99% unlikely to happen yeah but if you if you say right is this action that i'm about to do going to get me one tiny step closer to to my million pounds yes or no do it don't do it and what's your vision for your business? My what's really important to me is a lack of stress, high levels of enjoyment, making a difference to people and crucially having fun with it all. Um and I do have an income I have an income goal. It's I don't want to build a million pound business, you know. I thought I did back in 2011 but I don't because I don't want all the strappings that come with that. I don't want to build a big team. You know, I don't, this, I'm not interested in doing any of this. So my vision is for simplicity, happiness, and a comfortable, you know, well, maybe let's, you know, just above comfortable level of, of income, sustainably, predictably. That's, that's, what I, that's, that's what I want. So what do you find joyful about your business? I like oh the novelty of working for myself will never wear off. <laughs> Twelve years in, and I'm still like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go and do whatever I like. Now I'm gonna go and watch telly now because I can. So that will never wear off. So I, I find I find joy in the in the simplest things a lot of the time, and I like like I said, I like making a difference to people's businesses, and I kind of like that as a legacy. Because there's people who I've who've been in my world for for ten years, and I can see the progress that they've made in their business, and I can see where they are now, and I can see that they're happier, and I know it's because of a course they came on in 2014 or whatever, and I I can see how it still makes a difference, and it still it still works with them, and people come back to me. You know, I've, I've recently worked with someone who was. Um, she came on um, some funded workshops that I ran for a local authority years ago, years and years, maybe 10 years ago, but years ago. And then she recently started working with me on a one-to-one -one basis because of that experience she's had. And to me, that's, that's absolutely magical. You know, I yeah. feel so sort of honoured and, and just absolutely delighted that I can, I can have that lasting impression on people. You know, that means, that means a lot. And to me, that's, that's one of the reasons that I do it. I mean, that's a bit of ego in there too, right? But um, that's, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not, but, <laughs> but I like that. Yeah, I like that. No, it's, uh, I suppose it's, it's satisfying, isn't it? And it's, it's what keeps you going is to see the results that you, that you put out there. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Is, is the coaching side your passion? Is that if you had to choose what makes you most happiest as a, as a kind of task within your business? or role within your business what would that be yeah well I mean that's all I do really is the coaching um 
I do coaching, I do keynote speaking, I do podcast guesting, I do my own podcast and I've got a book and that's kind of, that's kind of it. Um, I don't, I don't really do any other stuff unless there's something really interesting that comes on, like I'm judging for some, judging for some awards in early 2024 and, and that's really cool. Um, so stuff like that that comes along, but, but yeah, I mean, the coaching is, the coaching is what earns me, earns me my money. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. So how did you start as a coach? I just started. Right. I mean, just uh, I in my previous in my previous job, like I say, I'd written workshops, um, social media marketing workshops, and delivered those. And part of that, the way I teach, I'm a qualified tutor, but the way I I teach, it's not just about right. Here's some information that you need to have. It's here. Let me find out more about you and where you are. And then I can teach you the bits that matter to you and the bits that the bits that make a difference. So I've never taught by rote. Don't believe in that. And right from the start in the business, back in 2011, I was doing one-to-one sessions with people because I have, I know that I have this ability to be able for someone to be able to say something to me. I can pick it apart, ask them the right questions, and then give them some guidance. And I, I kind of just have always been able to to do it. And the thing that I think sets me apart from other people is that I don't, I don't coach to a certain script. Um, I mentor people, I coach people, I, you know, I support them in the way that they need. And it's, there's common themes for everybody, but there's a slight difference in what everybody needs, I think. Well, there's so many various stages in business as well, isn't there? So. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just coming back to your podcast, because I'm curious about podcasts. <laughs> what what was the impetus of starting a podcast? Well, it's funny because I've got a little tiny notebook in my bedside drawer. Um, and I, I haven't used it for years. I think when I used to have too, you know, too many ideas, I'd wake up in the night and write them down in this book and all of that. But I haven't used it for years and years and years. And I was having me a tidy up. And I looked in this book and on the second page it says, start a podcast and this book was from 2000 2013 was a date not on that page but around that page so I guessed that it was like 10 years old this book so it's been in my mind oh blimey since I first saw Pat Flynn speak in at social media marketing world back in 2013 that must have been 2014 and so I knew it was always a thing but because I'm not an avid podcast listener which I know is like why have you got a podcast it's it's a medium I find it quite hard to just listen to stuff without a visual again this is you know my my ADHD and autism the help the way I process information and all of that but I'm not an, necessarily an avid podcast listener but I I know the value of it and I know lots of people are avid listeners so I just yeah, in 2022, towards the end, I decided I was going to write a book and I decided I was going to launch a podcast and they're quite big things to do at the same time. So they, yes, absolutely. I wouldn't advise that. So how, how did you go about it? Did, did you do a course yourself? Did you do all the tech and everything yourself or did you find someone to help you with that? No, I had a, I had a podcast um, coach, I suppose mentor, who um, gave me sort of advice on the kind of tech platforms to use and microphone and stuff. Um, and the marketing side of things, 
you know, launching it itself, I kind of obviously was fine about having having worked in marketing for forever. <laughs> um, so that didn't that didn't kind of phase me. But it was the technical side that I I knew needed to be right. And I could have Googled it all, but again, it's just like having someone to to talk to about this. Um, and we worked together for a, for a couple of months, I guess. And now I've got a really superb uh, podcast editor who I I just love working with. And actually, I had a strategy se- strategy session with him yesterday just to because it's twelve months um, next week at the time of recording from when I launched it. So just to kind of what's the next twelve months going to bring for the podcast where I want to go. So I have. I, I, I don't understand business owners who don't invest in themselves and don't get support from experts, be it a business coach, be it a podcast person, be it a whatever, um, because there are always people who know more than you. And, and I've always been a believer in, in paying for support from an expert because then you have that information and you can just crack on. You know, you could sit forever Googling stuff. It's like, no, just pay someone and get it sorted in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Take the shortcut. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, thinking about entrepreneurs and businesses and their happiness and mindset, especially, um, is there a specific theme, you know, because of COVID, because more people are working from home, is there a specific theme coming forward around mindset that might be stopping entrepreneurs from growing their businesses or getting the results they want? Only, I think really kind of the things I've already touched on. I mean, I've been working with people online since I started so it's not a new world for me but I appreciate that it's an it's a more accepted and wider accessed world now but uh, but yeah I mean it's those of us who've been in it since not the beginning but early on it, it's it's kind of same old same old technology is different but um but the world is the same so um the the things that kind of come up really gen in general business conversation one of them is this imposter syndrome. You know, like I said, that you you're sitting at home in your slippers. Who am I to run a million pound business? It's like you are just the same as everybody else, and you can do it. Absolutely, no reason you can't in your slippers. That's so much more of a win. Um, and also, perhaps loneliness is does factor in a little bit because if you go from a workplace where you can, I don't know, have a chat over the hot water boiler in the kitchen when you're making tea or whatever. Um, to being on your own all the time you can get a little bit lost in your own head and that's a lot of what I support my clients with really is right let's get out of your head whatever spiral you've gone into or thought process in a really crazy direction and let's just kind of bring it back to to what you what you actually want and where you actually actually are so yeah I I, I think I think like I mean I don't know I love being at home on my own so but I know a lot of people a lot, of, a lot of people do struggle with that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, and just coming back to your book, is it a, when you published it, did you self-publish or did yeah. you go through a publisher? No, self-published. And was that a bit, a bit of a learning curve or again, did you use someone to help you with that? Well, I had the, I had the book coach who did all the, the stuff with Amazon. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting it was interesting to kind of see how it all it all works, but there is zero stigma self-publishing. You know, I mean, all right, I self-published a book. I'm not a penguin or whoever <laughs> author. 
maybe it wouldn't paint window business books, but you know, whoever. But it's um it's like so it's still a book. Does it matter who published it? And I, I really I really don't think it, it does. It's kind of the act of it's the act of doing it and having it having it available for people that is yeah, it's just something that a lot of people don't do. Yeah, it's I have a um a creative writing group with, with eight thousand people in it and it just seems to be that getting it published seems to be a little bit of a barrier for them and that was what I was sort of curious about. How did you decide to self publish? Did you you know, did you did you make that choice? Um whether to go to a publisher or whether to self-publish or was it already? Never never even considered going to a publisher. I mean, the way the way I am, it's like I make a decision and I want to make it happen. So I knew that I could just set my date. I could decide to publish a book. could set my date for when it came out, do all the work. It just comes out. I didn't, I'm not not interested in finding a, finding a publisher. I, I don't see what it would, it would add other than that it would be on a publisher's, you know, you might sell more copies. Um, but in order to get, you, in order to get um, published by a publisher, there's so many hoops you've got to go through, and so many not achievements. You, I don't know. You, so many of the people who've got books that we all read and we all know about started off as self-publishing, yeah, because it's it's a way to it's a way to get it out there. So I don't know. I don't think I'm, I, 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 to me, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. If somebody if somebody's written a book, they've written a back book. I don't I don't care who's published it. Yeah. So did did you do the editing yourself, or did you have an editor as well for the book? A uh, bit of both. A bit of both, really. Um, yeah. I mean, I wrote I wrote all the content, and we had some copies published, and that was. Only in authors' copies, and that was when the best editing happened, <laughs> as ever. But the way it's written, it's a very short chapter, so sometimes only half a page, with kind of a point or a lesson per page. So it's not a it's not a story that needs to be followed. It's a it's kind of it's kind of a workbook. It's, kind of, it's a coaching session in itself, essentially. So you can start at the back, start at the front, start in the middle. Um, plenty of pay space for you to write notes about what's come up for you or action points that you want to take so it's 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 not a yeah it's not a storybook it doesn't follow a particular particular journey I mean it makes logical sense if you do read it from start to finish and it's in different sections and all of that but but I wanted it to be a a practical practical action taking book because that's what I'm all about you know that's how I how I help my clients and and everything if you can't take action you're not going to get anywhere ever <laughs> very true um, and coming back to happiness and your clients, is there a general theme of what what makes people happy? What gives them happiness? Yeah, in their life? people want to work less. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, people want to work less and they want to earn more. Um, and all of which is perfectly possible. All of which is I help I help people do. But um, one client that I worked with for six months earlier this year 2023 I um she came to me and she was working all hours um I mean she says 24 7 but quite but and her kids were getting fed up with her and her husband was getting fed up with her that she was just always working and she felt like she was just tied to her phone and then by the end of our six months she said there's testimonials on my website from her about this and she said that she almost didn't know what to do with all the time that she had 
which is just, it's just so great and able to just have kind of random days out with friends or kids or, and her income was pretty much the same. It hadn't, it hadn't gone up particularly much, but so much more of it was coming from passive sources and, and clever, cleverer ways to make money rather than her having to input into everything. She'd built her team. And so it was great. I mean, it was just wonderful to, to know that I'd made a real difference to this, to this client's life. And yeah, she just had so much more time and that's to do the stuff that's not work. You know, work isn't the be all. And I love, my, I love what I do, but it's not the be all and end all. I love yeah. doing lots of other things too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And is there a, um, a level of person you work with? Do they have to be at a certain stage in their business? Um, do they have to be, um, other than you already said, they're selling services. Um, so what type of person do you work with? What's your criteria, I guess, is for working with people? They need to be um, not startups particularly. You know, I mean, I could help a startup, but it's not what I'm, what I'm passionate about. What I like work, the people I like working with have been in business for a bit. Could be a year, could be two years, could be 10 years, but they've been in business for a while. So they kind of have, have made some mistakes and know that things need to change or they want things to change. And they have to be at a certain level of, of turnover and profit, um, quite frankly, because they've got to pay. They've got to pay me for all my experience that I can bring to them. So there's definitely, there's definitely people who are in my orbit, who listen to my podcast, who follow me on social media, who may, may or may not have built my book, who've been to workshops I've done over the years, who aren't in the space to be able to afford me as a one-to-one -one coach. Right. But that's okay. You know, that's absolutely okay. That's, that's always going to be the case for everybody. Even if you charge £25, there'll be someone who isn't able to invest in it. But I, I like working with sort of savvy and sassy business owners, people who have a bit of oomph about them, people who want to desperately want to move forward, but just kind of feel like they're stuck and don't know how to do it. And that's where, that's where I can help them. Yeah. Okay. And how do you keep your energy and motivation high? Oh, my energy is not high. <laughs> it comes well, across that way. It no, it's not most of the time. I... Because I'm, I mean, particularly because I'm autistic, uh, everything takes a hundred thoughts. Um, you know, I've got to go, I've got to go out this afternoon and cat the, the pick up some meds for my cat from the vet. And it's like, right, there is a hundred thought process I have to go through to, to do that um, because of my autism. And that takes a lot of energy. So I don't expend much physical energy, but my goodness, I expend a lot of mental ed energy and I, I, I'm exhausted quite a lot of the time. So I sleep a lot, um, but I have energy for the things that I enjoy doing, definitely. And that's something that we touched on earlier. You know, it's, it, I enjoy my coaching course like this. I absolutely love this. You know, this is great. And it, and it does energize me for sure. Um, and motivation, I just, I like, what I, I like what I'm doing. I find it interesting. And I find the journey of business, my, my own journey in business, just absolutely fascinating. I, I'm my own best case study, I think, because the being able to to shape and grow and change and do the bits you like and not do the bits you other, it, it's it's like a game. You know, I find every day is just it's just kind of like like a game, and that's that's how I look at it. I look at it really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Um, I was just thinking, I did have another question that's gone off on a tangent. Um, you, you were saying about uh, your energy through, oh, that, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about loving what you do, and I completely believe in that as well. And there are certain certain people out there who would say that that's not realistic that get real and do do the hard work do the hard slog and do a business that's going to generate you an income not necessarily something that you love that that doing what you love what you love is a false promise um now i i i don't subscribe to that at all but what are your thoughts on that it's quite interesting because there is an element of truth in that in the what you love You've got to monetize it so that it's profitable. You've got to put in the effort. Um, you know, I mean, you've got to, you, there are times when you just have to work really blooming hard. And I'm, I'm in a phase like that at the minute where my diary is full. Um, it's kind of not how I like to run my business, but I'm in a real growth phase. And so it's like bang, bang, bang at the minute. And it will, that will quieten down again. It, it, it's kind of like that with, with business. But that's, but that's okay. And but if you don't love the core thing of what you're doing, yeah. all of that stuff is just really blooming hard work. Yeah. And so it's got, to, it's got to be both. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to have the focus. You've got to have the drive. You've got to have the enthusiasm. You've got to be able to muster the energy, even if you haven't really got the energy. But as long as you, as long as you enjoy it, and it's not enjoying everything of every day. There's some absolute garbage stuff that we hate doing that we we have to do and even if you outsource stuff there's still stuff that you don't like as much as others but if the majority if the core thing in your business is not something that you love doing you're doing the wrong thing yeah yeah and i, I personally uh think that for a service business especially if you're teaching and training and coaching if you're not passionate about your message then you're not going to get the clients. You're not really going to attract the people that you want to work with either. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. People can see through it. Mm. I think, you know, when I'm talking to a, a client, sometimes I, well, my brain, because my brain is 90 steps ahead, but because, you know, they're saying something and I'm like, right, this isn't, we're not clicking here. This isn't clicking here. This is not what you, they're not saying the thing that they think they're saying. And so just ask a question and they answer it differently. And it's, I can almost feel it like a kind of rush. Like, right, here we go. Now we're on the right path, and it's it's just it's just kind of really thrilling. It's like um, tiny little dopamine hits, which yeah. anybody who's neurodivergent will know are really important. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're important for everyone, especially to keep up the motivation. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much. What are let's see, what are three tips that you would leave? anyone with who is maybe in business feeling stuck working all of the the hours god sends and wants to make a change okay decide what it is that you really want in life decide what's important to you decide so big goal decide how you want practically you want the day week to look and then get help get support invest in a coach or a VA or a support mechanism, get get some help because doing it on your own is slower, hard work, and I'd say less fun. So how do people get in touch with you? Can you tell us where they can find your podcast as well? 
Okay. So the podcast is called Life in Business and you can find that on any podcast app. Search for Libby Langley Life in Business. The book is available on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. Uh, again, just search for Life in Business Libby Langley. Find it. I am on LinkedIn. Search for Libby Langley and you'll find me. And Instagram, I'm at... Yeah. Um, good. Thank you. Instagram at Libby Langley. Um, and my website is LibbyLangley.com. Brilliant. Are there any closing thoughts? Anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to share? I think I would just like to reiterate really about the the kind of game of the game of business. It's so easy to get bogged down with all the garbage and you might have a difficult client and I don't know, you just don't feel like it today or whatever. And but the the, the self kindness is what's gonna make a difference. So if you're having a rubbish day, fine, you're having a rubbish day. Doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. So just be kind to yourself and note how you're feeling and push when you can push. And when you really don't feel like it, don't. And that's that kind of understanding of yourself is what's going to get you forward in, in the long run. And that's you've got to be able to sustain it, right? So you can't push 24 7 because you'll drop dead within a fortnight. And equally, you can't just manana, manana <laughs> forever or you'll never get anything done. But understanding your own rhythms and your own energy energy levels and building your business around that is certainly going to make your dance site happier it'll be more sustainable and you'll be more successful brilliant thank you so powerful thank you so much for the interview been lovely talking thank you been a pleasure and uh we'll see you again soon thanks libby thank you Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it or think it would be valuable to others, please do share. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave me a review. It really helps the podcast. All of the links are in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you next week on the Choosing Happy podcast.